Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It is 1 a.m. in New York City, and whenever I start recording and editing super, super late, I always have those Taylor Swift lyrics, midnights have become my afternoons, go through my head. So that's where I am right now. And today I want to talk about something that is a little bit more personal because it's going to be sharing a little bit of my own creator journey, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially as I get tagged in so many of your posts. You guys are telling me that you also are going to do a 100-day challenge around content. That inspired me to share my eight tips for aspiring creators. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. Number one is add genuine value. And I know that sounds obvious, but it's not obvious because I see so many people starting out and creating content that doesn't actually add value. And value could mean anything. It could be education, but it could also be humor and entertainment or sharing your talent, right? Maybe you're a beautiful singer or you create beautiful visual art or something along those lines. It could be anything, but you need to create some sort of value because in the beginning, when you try to just create vlogs or lifestyle content or here's a day in my life and it's not actually that compelling and nobody knows about you, then it's not gonna attract that much interest. So you need to figure out how can I first add genuine value and then maybe down the road, once you have an existing audience and they want more of you, you can start to post some of that lifestyle content, those vlogs, whatever it is, Because I think a common mistake people make is they see a lot of that content and they see it performing well, so they assume that that is the content that does well, when actually there is some selection bias built into that because you are not accounting for the fact that there are a lot of creators who create that same content but don't get anywhere with it. You're actually just seeing the stuff that's already popped off and it might be by creators who are already established enough such that when they share their morning routine and what they put in their coffee, it's actually interesting to people, right? So don't mistake popularity for being the correct strategy. Focus on adding genuine value when in doubt. Number two, create the content you wish existed. I feel very passionately about this one and it's inspired by a Toni Morrison quote that I love that I'm going to paraphrase here. And she said something like, if there is a book that you want to read and it has not been written, you have to be the one to write it. And literature is a much loftier creative form, obviously, but I think that you can also transfer this principle over to creating content, any kind of creativity. If there's a type of content you wish you saw more of, create that because if you want to see it, chances are other people do too. The other reason I say that is because this is also tied to a common mistake I see a lot of early stage creators making, which is that they only rely on mimicking other creators. And that can be okay when you're trying to find your groove and find your voice and figure out your niche in the beginning, but don't overly rely on that. Create the stuff you wish you saw online. Number three, reverse engineer from your ideal community. This is more of an optional prompt if you are trying to choose between different niches or you don't really know what kind of content to create. This is a prompt that looking back, I think could have been helpful for me in terms of skipping ahead to some of the traction I gained. Think about the ideal kind of reader or viewer or follower that you want. Who do you want to attract? Who do you want to become friends with? Because when you build a really deeply engaged community, it's kind of like having this shortcut to making all these incredible friends around the country or around the world that you want to meet. In my case, I love talking to basically smart, thoughtful women who want to make an impact. That is my ideal audience. And I feel like so much of my audience is that. So it's been so cool to see that the content I create just kind of following my own curiosity has attracted those people. It's sort of similar to envisioning your 
ideal customer avatar or brand persona, a little bit different, but you know, you, you do that exercise when you're developing a brand or a business, right? You think about your ideal customer and how you want to talk to them. Being a creator and really taking it seriously is not that dissimilar from being a startup. It's just that the product is you and the business is you, right? So who do you want to attract and what kind of content will attract them? Number four, create what feels good to make. I think so often we fall into the trap of just always being slave to the algorithm. I call it feeding the beast of the algorithm. And that has its place because that's how you grow. That's how you gain traction. That's how your stuff even reaches anyone, right? Especially in the beginning, you do need to do some of that. But at the same time, especially once you gain a little bit of traction down the road, and I'm hitting that point now, I'm realizing that for this to be sustainable for me, I really have to do both. I have to care about the algorithm, but also, actually, I think that's that's a really strong statement. I don't have to care about it. I know a lot of people who just create what they wanna create and that does fine for them and it happens to coincide with what works. So I take that back, but I think it's really important to focus on making this whole journey sustainable for ourselves, especially if you're in it for the long run. Also, even on a more granular level, I have seen this principle apply over and over again, where sometimes it seems like there's this opposition, this conflict between creating what will perform and creating what feels good and true to ourselves. But actually, I would say this is a false dichotomy, false opposition, because so often I've had this inspiration of I have this analysis or I have this perspective I have this take that I'm really excited about like I have an aha moment about brands or brand strategy or whatever and I really want to share it but I sometimes hesitate because I'm like this is so esoteric and niche and random no one's gonna get it no one's going to be interested but then I create it and more often than not those are the videos that do really well so I think it's always worth posting the stuff that feels really good that you're really excited to make Number five, trolls are inevitable. I don't really know what more to say about this. I think some people are afraid of posting on YouTube or TikTok because they don't want to confront the negativity and it does exist. People can be pretty mean, but at the same time, that is just something that comes with growing, right? And if you are following some of these other steps of adding genuine value and creating the stuff you wish existed, if you're doing all those things, chances are you're gonna attract way more people who are kind and thoughtful and wonderful to connect to. And the trolls and haters are gonna be such a small drop in the ocean compared to that. So know that you're never gonna be able to avoid them entirely. And that's true in life too, right? Like we don't get along with everybody. Nobody is everybody's cup of tea unless you are being so bland so as to be just not even a full person. And even then, somebody's gonna find a reason to project something onto you. And that's the other thing you need to remember is everybody is just seeing each other through their various projections. It's not about you. It's really not about you. I don't actually deal with a lot of trolls or haters, maybe because of the nature of the content I create, but I sometimes do. And it does make me sad, especially because it's just saddening to know that that's you know, how we treat each other on the internet. But at the same time, I have to remind myself, these are people who are hurting and these are people who don't really have a life. <laughs> and in the case of you know situations where people just misconstrue you, these are people who lack critical thinking skills. So, you know, what can you do? Trolls are inevitable, but ultimately it's okay. That's just part of life. And it's definitely part of the internet. Number six, connect with other creators. This applies more when you start to gain a little bit of that initial traction, but I think it can be so nice to not only connect with other creators, but sometimes during some of the harder moments to commiserate with them. One of my favorite parts, 
like one of the parts of becoming a creator that has been the most fulfilling for me is getting to connect with some of the creators I've gotten to meet because by and large, I don't know if this is just true of creators in general or if it's the creators that I happen to have met, but they've been so welcoming and kind and generous and just really wonderful people. Being a creator is just such a weird, unique journey that the only people who will really get the ins and outs and the nuances of it will be other creators and it's so nice to talk to them about it. So. Don't be afraid to reach out to other creators, make friends with other creators, ask them for advice, because in my experience, that tends to go well. Number seven, have good boundaries. This can look very different for different people, but I think that the lack of boundaries shows up in multiple ways. Either we're kind of so in the zone about creating consistent high output of content that we feel guilty when we're not posting or creating some sort of content. Like if you're getting to the point where you feel guilty or you feel frantic about not posting or not being, not working on your next video or you know episode or whatever, then it's good to come back to a place where you can be more present and can have more grace with yourself because if this whole process is causing you way more stress than fulfillment, what exactly is the point, right? Nobody's putting a gun to our heads and forcing us to create content. I also think one of the areas where it can be hard to sometimes maintain boundaries is just to limit our phone usage and also limit how much time we spend on whatever platform that we're on. So in my case, in the beginning, I was spending a lot of time on TikTok and now I don't consume any TikTok. I really rarely consume TikTok. Over the holidays, I consumed actually a lot more than I usually do, but even then I just don't consume a lot of TikTok. And that actually helps me. I think for some people, it's totally fine for them to consume. In fact, some people need to consume to create. In my case, I prefer to just use the app if I'm creating content or engaging with my followers or my comments, but I don't like to just spend all my free time on the app getting sucked into that rabbit hole. That's one way that I establish boundaries. I think another thing is to be discerning about who we follow. Do we feel good about all the people we follow? And does the content in our feeds whether it's the for you page whether it's the instagram feed does that content make us feel good about ourselves and our lives and if it doesn't we need to unsubscribe we need to mute we need to block we need to unfollow because we need to feel good we need to honor ourselves so that we can just keep showing up so have boundaries whatever that looks like for you maybe it's unfollowing a few people or maybe it's having certain hours of the day or a quota of hours where you're allowed to be on specific apps or maybe it's about limiting how much you spend time reading negative comments or engaging with negative comments. Have boundaries because social media is a black hole and a time sink for just regular users. And then when you become a creator, now it's the thing that you do. And I think that temptation can be even more exacerbated. And finally, don't be afraid to evolve. Every creator I've talked to has eventually hit a point where they wanted to evolve or expand or diversify a little bit in terms of the content that they create or just who they are as a creator, but it can feel scary, especially if you have already had some success, financial, in terms of views and likes and followers, in a specific niche or with a specific style, it can feel very risky and scary to even make the slightest changes to that. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to go deeper, right? Create more long form, in-depth content for you guys. And I want to explore some adjacent categories, not just direct to consumer, not just venture capital. And even on TikTok, I just want to show up more as myself, I think. There's a tip that a friend gave me once that I will share with you guys. So 
when I first started creating TikTok content, I was actually living with three other female founders. I had my own business at the time. And then I was living with three female founders who had raised money for their startups. And all three of them happened to also be involved in the world of content in some way. Two of them were content creators. And then the other one manages big YouTube creators. And one piece of advice she gave me in the beginning that just didn't really didn't really land but now looking back i understand how meaningful that was one piece of advice was okay you're just starting out so don't box yourself in too much be willing to experiment with a lot of the different topics you want to talk about because once you start to become more successful at this it's going to become harder to diversify to experiment and i had no idea what she was talking about but now a year later i'm realizing oh i get it now Basically, the lesson here is, you know, there's a dance, right? There's a balance between it's good to add value and niche down and be strategic. And then when something hits, double down on that exact strategy and that exact content. Like there is a place for that, especially in the beginning when you're just trying to go from zero to one. And at the same time, once you get past that zero to one phase and you're starting to develop that momentum, that's when it's okay to still be experimenting a little bit and incorporating various things that you know also interest you. I think there are creators who are just maniacally, ruthlessly obsessed with only growth and virality and more power to them. I happen to not be one of those people. I actually care about constantly checking in with myself and asking myself, is this still as fulfilling as ever? Or am I being called to evolve this in some way? What am I being called to do? Where does the energy want to go? And I always want to be heeding that. Like above all, that is just what I want to do until I die. And it also applies to content. It's funny, I was naive because when I started to gain some traction as a creator, I thought, oh, I figured it out. I finally figured out my thing. It's all clicked into place. I never have to feel stuck or confused ever again. It's just going to be a straight shot from here. I don't really know how I thought that was true because I just don't think you can avoid it. If you're trying to be true to yourself, the thing that is true to you will never look like somebody else's path because nobody else is you. And so if that's the case, there are always going to be constantly moments where we need to check in and up level and evolve and pivot and change and experiment and sometimes fail. There are always going to be those moments. And I didn't realize that that also applied to being a creator, but now I know and I'm also grateful because it means that I just get to keep evolving. And I think right now for me, what that looks like is this podcast and I'm really excited about it and I'm going to keep doing the TikTok, but I, I do feel like now I'm entering this second chapter of my journey as a creator and I'm really excited about it. I don't know if sharing all these details about my specific journey is helpful to you guys. Maybe it's because I don't follow enough creators closely enough, but I don't see a lot of people talking about this stuff and I wish they did. Also, I want to establish that I'm not citing these as problems per se. These are just things you can expect. These are things that I've heard a lot of other creators express and these are things that I've experienced. So it's more me just sharing a, an account of my journey so far and the things I've learned. So I hope this doesn't come off in any way as complaining because it's not. I feel fundamentally grateful. And I'm learning a lot about how to navigate this more skillfully and what I wish I knew. And I hope that these tips can be helpful to you, at least as far as understanding, you know, what it's actually like behind the scenes. So with that, guys, I am going to see you guys on the internet. Thanks for tuning in.